The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Friday, February 25th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Ukraine fights back and the West ramps up sanctions on Russia. U.S. futures are lower following a wild comeback on Wall Street. The Fed moves ahead with rate hikes despite the situation in Ukraine. And President Biden decides on his nominee for the Supreme Court. Protesters in the tri-state area react to Russia's invasion into Ukraine. Plus, the Biden administration will loosen federal mask-wearing guidelines today. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm Scott Seidenberg. The Nets fell to the Celtics. The Rangers win. Islanders lose. I'll have that and more coming up in sports. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak on Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 99.1 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and U.S. futures are ending the week lower. We're coming up to 601 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Right now, S&P futures down about 30 points, Dow futures down 237, and NASDAQ futures down 75. The DAX in Germany is up 1.4%. 10-year Treasury up 230 seconds, yield 1.95%, and the yield on the two-year, 1.58%. NYMEX crude oil is little change at $92.80 a barrel. Nathan. Well, Karen- and we begin with the latest developments out of Eastern Europe. Ukraine is fighting back as Russia continues to pound the capital of Kiev with rocket strikes. This as the U.S. and NATO allies impose stiff sanctions on Russia. Amy Morris has the latest from our Bloomberg 99.1 newsroom in Washington. Secretary of State Antony Blinken told ABC News as Russian troops are marching through Ukraine, Vladimir Putin may have his eyes on an even bigger prize. Is it a possibility that Putin goes beyond Ukraine? Sure, it's a possibility, but there's something very powerful standing in the way of that. There's something we call Article 5 of NATO. That means an attack on one member of NATO is an attack on all members of NATO. And while Western allies believe Kyiv is likely to fall to Russian forces soon, the Biden administration says the U.S. is preparing to accept Ukrainians who are fleeing that country, while America's partners in Europe and Japan have announced new economic penalties. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thank you. While Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky is speaking out, he took to the airwaves this morning to say sanctions are not deterring Russia. This morning we are defending our state by ourselves as we did yesterday. The most powerful forces in the world are watching from a distance. Have yesterday's sanctions convinced Russia? We are hearing in our sky and seeing on our land that this is not enough. Ukraine's President Zelensky says Moscow is attacking both military and civilian targets. He says Russia will have to talk to him to end the invasion. The Treasury Department, Karen, says sanctions on Russia target almost 80 percent of the country's banking assets. But President Biden is holding off on sanctioning Russia's energy sector or kicking it out of the SWIFT banking system. Democratic Congressman John Garamendi says our European allies aren't willing to go that far yet. Well, if we're going to throw the whole kitchen sink, we have to have the entire team ready to go. If you're going to go fast, go alone. 
you're going to go far, you got to go with the team. Congressman John Garamendi spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the program weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. Well, Nathan, stocks enter today's session after a wild ride yesterday. At one point, the Nasdaq plunged 3.5%, only to finish the day up 3.3%. The S&P 500 added 1.5%. Gina Martin-Adams is chief equity strategist for Bloomberg Intelligence. I'm a bit concerned that the reason for the turnaround was twofold. One, we got some word on sanctions, and I think that the whispers around sanctions would be that they might be even worse than the sanctions that actually were put in place by the president. And the result of that was a little bit of reprieve in oil prices. That may or may not hold. What I'm more worried about is I think that the whispers started to go around that, oh, maybe the Fed won't tighten as much Mm -hmm. as we were anticipating. Bloomberg Intelligence Chief Equity Strategist Dina Martin-Adams says for many market participants, it's still all about the Fed. But Fed officials are sticking to plans to raise interest rates next month, Karen. That's despite uncertainty tied to the invasion of Ukraine. Fed Governor Christopher Waller says a 50 basis point hike is still possible if jobs and inflation data stay hot. My preference is to increase the target range for the federal funds rate 100 basis points by the middle of this year. That is, I expect inflation to remain elevated and only show modest signs of deceleration over the next couple of months. Governor Chris Waller says he also favors shrinking the Fed's balance sheet no later than the central bank's meeting in July. Well, yesterday's rally in U.S. stocks is spilling over into Europe this morning, Nathan. We get the latest live with Bloomberg's Max Ramsey in our London bureau. Good morning, Max. Good morning, Karen and Nathan. Yes, we are pushing higher during the European session so far this morning, though still a fair way off clawing back those steep losses we got yesterday. The stock 600 up 1.8% right now. The loss yesterday was 3.3%. The FTSE 100 rises 2%. The DAX underperforming slightly up 1.2%, though. We see this rally in Russian assets as well. We are off the highs of the session, but the benchmark Moex stock index rising at 12.2% right now. It closed down 33 percent lower yesterday we also see gains for the ruble up one and a half percent against the dollar 84 to the dollar live in london max ramsey bloomberg daybreak all right max thanks stocks also gained in asia overnight let's get the recap from bloomberg's juliet sally in singapore good morning juliet Good morning, Nathan and Karen. The MSCI Asia-Pacific Index advanced the most in over a week after falling to November 2020 lows during Thursday's trade. Sentiment was aided by the tech sector as well as China, where the central bank boosted liquidity. The PBOC injected 290 billion yuan, around $46 billion, via its seven-day reverse repo agreement, the most since September 2020. Adding to the more risk-on tone was a move away from havens as Australian and New Zealand bonds slid. Over the course of the week, the MSCI Asia Pacific index fell by almost 4%, its worst weekly performance in a month. In Singapore, Juliet Sali, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Juliet, thank you. Well, one other item coming out of Asia this morning. China said it will strengthen macroeconomic policies to stabilize the economy this year. After a meeting chaired by President Xi Jinping, reports say the Communist Party's Politburo call for stronger prevention of financial risk to maintain financial stability. And back in Washington this morning, uh, Karen, Bloomberg News has learned that President Biden has decided on a nominee for a seat on the Supreme Court. There's no word on who this person is or when the selection will be announced. The president has already said he would select a black woman. That would fulfill a promise he made during the 2020 campaign. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, and we'll get a check of sports as well. This is Bloomberg. 
It's now 607 on Wall Street. Cloudy 32 degrees in Central Park. Dealing with a number of accidents with a wintry mess and slick roads this morning. We'll get the details from Janelle Crispin in traffic shortly. But first, we bring in Michael Barr to find out what's going on in New York and around the world. It's a slippery morning, Michael. Oh, my goodness, Nathan. Yes, it is. It's a both hands on the steering wheel day for the morning commute. Bloomberg meteorologist Rob Carolyn has more on the latest round of winter weather. Michael will be dealing with a messy mix early on this morning, but it should transition over to some plain rain as the morning goes on. National Weather Service has the tri-state area under a winter weather advisory through 10 this morning. Sleet and freezing rain will be changing to plain rain. It'll end during the afternoon. Temperatures eventually get up to 40, so the slippery problems we have, they should go away. They'll linger some in the northern and western suburbs, but by late today, we break into some sunshine. So the ride home, better than the ride in this morning. Michael? Rob, thank you, sir. The tri-state area is reacting to Russia's invasion of Ukraine in Times Square yesterday. Ukrainian Americans rallied in the streets. New York City is home to more than 150,000 Ukrainians. Mayor Eric Adams wrote on Twitter, our city stands with them. Adams went on to state the unprovoked and unjustified invasion of their homeland is an assault on freedom. New York Governor Kathy Hochul offered her support for the Ukrainian people. We have in New York State one of the largest Ukrainian populations outside the country, and we're proud of this. We're proud of their diversity and what they bring to all of us, but now they have family members and are deeply concerned about what's going on in their home countries. Governor Hochul says the state is preparing for any cyber attacks that intelligence authorities say is possible. A prayer vigil was held in New Jersey for Ukrainian Americans in Bound Brook. Transit officials will install safety barriers in three New York City subway stations in a pilot program aimed at preventing tragedies like the death of a woman who was pushed in front of a train last month. The Biden administration today plans to significantly loosen federal mask-wearing guidelines to protect against COVID-19 transmission. According to people familiar with the matter, that will mean most Americans will no longer be advised to wear masks in indoor public settings. Former President Donald Trump's claim that Twitter was pressured by lawmakers to kick him off the social media platform was met with skepticism by a judge. U.S. District Judge James Donato says statements by lawmakers don't seem coercive. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Thanks, Michael. Coming up to 610 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with Scott Seidenberg. Thanks, Nathan. The Nets were routed by the Celtics 129-106 last night. Jason Tatum scoring 30 for Boston, who jumped out to a 13-point lead after the first quarter. The game looking a lot like the last time these two teams played when the Celtics jumped out to a 28-2 lead back on February 8th. The lone bright spot for the Nets is the potential for reinforcements coming soon, as Steve Nash saying Kevin Durant and newly signed Gordon Dragic could be ready to play in the next three games. It is still unknown, however, when Ben Simmons will make his Nets debut. The Nets will visit the Bucks tomorrow night. Tonight, the Knicks host the Heat. On the ice, the Rangers beat the Capitals 4-1. Alexi Lafreniere and Mika Zibanejad each had a goal and an assist. Igor Shesterkin made 36 saves for his 25th win of the season. The Blue Shirts have won 8 of their last 11. They'll visit Pittsburgh tomorrow. The Islanders fell on a shootout 4-3 in San Jose. They're at LA tomorrow. And the Devils upset the Penguins 6-1, scoring 3 goals in the first 7 minutes of the game. It's just their third win in their last 12 games. They're in Chicago tonight. 
Golf Kurt Kitayama leads after one round of the Honda Classic. I'm Scott Seidenberg with Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, Scott, thank you. Futures moving lower now with S&P futures down 37 points. Dow futures off by 292 and NASDAQ futures lower by 114 points. We're still seeing gains for European stocks. The DAX in Germany up 1.2%. CAC in Paris higher by 1.5%. Ten-year Treasury is up 3.30 seconds. The yield 1.95%. Just ahead, three possible scenarios for the global recovery with the war in Ukraine underway. We'll speak with Bloomberg's chief European economist, Jamie Rush. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather. The winter weather advisory is in effect till 10 this morning. We'll have some sunny breaks this afternoon with a high near 40. Mid-30s tomorrow, low 40s on Sunday. Right now, 32 degrees in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. And European stocks are climbing. U.S. stock index futures are lower. The Ukraine conflict and Western sanctions on Russia are muddying the outlook for markets and the global economic recovery. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. On Bloomberg, S&P futures down 39 points. Dow futures down 299. NASDAQ futures down 115. The DAX in Germany is up one and a quarter percent. Ten-year Treasury up 330 seconds, yield 1.95 percent. The yield on the two-year, 1.57 percent. NYMEX crude oil is down four-tenths percent or 35 cents at $92.45 a barrel. COMEX gold down eight-tenths percent or $14.80 at $19.11.50 an ounce. The euro, 1.1172 against the dollar. British pound, 1.337. The yen is at 115.43, and Bitcoin is a little changed at $38,400. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. Russia is pressing its invasion of Ukraine to the outskirts of the capital, Kiev. That comes a day after it unleashed airstrikes on cities and military bases and sent in troops and tanks from three sides. Ukraine's president pleaded for international help. The CDC is about to release new mask guidance for cities and states today. It will mean masks can come down in a majority of the cities still requiring them. In sports, the Celtics beat the Nets 129-106. The Warriors won. In the NHL, the Rangers beat the Capitals 4-1. The Devils won. The Islanders lost. The Bruins beat the Kraken in OT 3-2. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. This is The Big Take, the best of Bloomberg's in-depth original reporting from around the globe. We're running on a financial system that's running on old technology. We're seeing house prices reach fresh record highs. What unfolds in midterms, we will no doubt see again in the next presidential election. The Big Take on Bloomberg Radio. We're coming up to 620 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak, and our big take this morning is on the war in Ukraine and the threat it poses to a global recovery already struggling to shake off the pandemic. Jamie Rush joins us now, Chief European Economist at Bloomberg Economics. Great to speak with you, Jamie. I know you were part of the team that looked at three potential scenarios for how sanctions on Russia could affect the recovery. Could you sort of take us through them? Sure, certainly. I mean, first, just let me say this is a tragedy beyond anything I've seen in my lifetime in Europe. 
and so my thoughts were with those affected. But of course the impact of this conflict is rippling across the world and it will cause hardship of a second order outside of Ukraine. And so the three scenarios we're thinking of uh, are these. The first is that fighting ends relatively soon and markets settle. And that will keep the US and European recoveries on track. And it seems actually that that's broadly what markets have priced in. If you look at gas prices, they've fallen back below €110 per megawatt hour after a peak of 140 yesterday. And gas supplies to Europe via Ukraine have not been affected yet. In fact, they've actually increased since the invasion. So that would be that would potentially leave the ECB, the Fed, on track for policy as they uh, as 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 before the invasion occurred. In a second scenario, uh, a prolonged conflict leads to a stronger Western response, perhaps including cutting Russia off from the SWIFT uh, system. One way or another, we end up with disruption to Russia's oil and gas exports. Uh, and that energy shock would be a major blow to global markets, triggering a risk-off sentiment. And it could also trigger a downturn in, in Europe. And in that case, we'd expect that central banks would probably ease off the throttle a little bit over the over the coming year. Uh, in the worst case, though, either Europe stops buying gas or Russia cuts off supplies entirely. Uh, that would cause a deep recession in Europe because uh, it would uh, lead to rationing of energy. Um, and that would trigger tighter financial conditions globally. So recession in Europe and markedly more dovish path for central banks going out of the uh, out of the COVID crisis. So the scenarios are, are based on whether Russia continues to supply energy to the global market. Is it possible at this point to game out a scenario where we could see sanctions on the Russian energy sector? Is, is there anything from Bloomberg Economics that sees that as a possibility, given how dependent Europe is on Russia's oil and natural gas? I, I think it is a possibility. It's, 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 it's kind of in that third scenario or nested within it. It's possible that uh, Europe decides that they are going to go and use their maximum leverage, which would be to sanction energy or to stop buying gas, uh, and you end up with, um, you know, a, a, a self-inflicted recession in Europe, but uh, with the potential benefit that it would deliver extreme leverage over Russia. But it's that is the, I mean, that is the the last tool in the arsenal that Europe's willing to deploy. And so far, we haven't seen any evidence they're willing to deploy it. What about the sanctions that have been announced so far by President Biden and European allies targeting Russia's banking sector in particular? Is there a risk of spillover into the global economy from those uh, sanctions? I, so I think that the, the the sanctions are mostly targeted on, on cutting Russian banks off from, from international markets, and they will certainly cause disruption in, in Russia. In fact, you know, we're seeing that there's signs of significant financial distress in in the Russian banking sector already. Um, that's not been transmitted fully or even anywhere near that to, to European financial sectors. We know that some countries have, have exposure or some banks have exposure to, to Russia. That, of course, has been managed since the annexation of Crimea. They've been thinking about how to, how to, how to uh, plan their exposures to Russia. So we're, we're, if we look, for example, at CDS spreads for some of the bigger European banks, we're not seeing the sort of evidence of, of financial dislocations that might prompt a, 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 a credit crunch. And only about 30 seconds left here. Is there a risk of Russian retaliation, cyber attacks potentially affecting the recovery? Just quickly. 
Yeah, I, mean, I, I know the um, the Fed has has thought that that's a, a significant risk for for the U.S. economy. It could spill out into a wider asset class than just you know just banks. So it, it is a risk. It's one of those things that could happen at any moment and in any scenario. Thanks for this, Jamie. Good having you on with us. Jamie Rush is chief European economist at Bloomberg Economics, part of the team that uh, put together our big take story this morning, how war in Ukraine threatens the world's economic recovery. You can read more, much more about it at uh, Bloomberg.com slash Big Take or NI Big Take Go on the Bloomberg terminal. And just seeing this headline cross the Bloomberg terminal, Russian or I'm sorry, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky saying Europe is too slow in helping Ukraine as the fighting continues, rockets getting closer to Kyiv. Stay with us for the very latest. This is Bloomberg. And it's now 625 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off. In the Audi model you've always wanted, visit a tri-state Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991. To Boston. Bloomberg 1061. To San Francisco. Bloomberg 960. To the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. And we're just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers Global Analyst. It helps you find new global investment opportunities to diversify your portfolio and discover undervalued companies that may have greater growth potential. Try IBKR Global Analyst today at IBKR.com slash GA. Up first, we begin with the latest developments out of Eastern Europe. Ukraine is fighting back as Russia pounds the country with rocket strikes in the capital of Kiev. The U.S. and its allies believe the capital city may soon fall to Russian forces. Ukraine President Vladimir Zelensky says his nation continues to resist the Russian invasion. Russia will anyway have to talk to us sooner or later to talk about how to stop combat action and to end this invasion. And a few minutes ago, Ukraine's President Zelensky called for negotiations with Vladimir Putin. And we're seeing this cross the Bloomberg terminal as well, Karen. The Chinese state television is reporting Chinese President Xi Jinping has spoken with Putin and also supports negotiations with Ukraine. Meantime, in Washington, President Biden's making clear U.S. troops will not fight on the ground. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the story. President Biden has drawn the line of the borders of NATO nations. It's a large conflict already. The way we're going to steer it's not going to aspire to a larger conflict is by providing all the forces needed in the Eastern European nations that are members of NATO. NATO is more united than it's ever been. And I have no plans to talk with Putin whom he calls a pariah on the world stage. The president says he's moving more U.S. troops closer to NATO borders, 7,000, for example, in Germany. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thank you. Volatility in financial markets has been sky high since the start of the invasion. U.S. futures are lower following yesterday's wild comeback. At one point, the Nasdaq plunged 3.5%, only to finish the day higher, up 3.3%. Well, despite the uncertainty caused by the situation in Ukraine, Karen, the Federal Reserve is sticking to its guns. Fed officials say they still plan to raise rates next month and stress the need to fight the hottest U.S. inflation in 40 years. And at the White House today, Bloomberg News has learned that President Biden has decided 
decided on a nominee for the Supreme Court. No word on who it is or when the selection will be announced. The president has already said he would select a black woman. And that's the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Again, futures are lower with S&P futures down 31 points. Down futures down 252. And NASDAQ futures down 81. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thanks, Karen. 633 on Wall Street. Mix of rain and freezing rain right now in Central Park. 32 degrees. And they're still clearing a disabled vehicle headed to the Lincoln Tunnel on eastbound 495. Lots of slipping and sliding this morning. Here's Michael Barr with more on that and everything else going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. If you haven't left out the door yet, winter weather is going to make the morning commute a handful. Bloomberg meteorologist Rob Carolyn has the latest. Michael will be dealing with a messy mix early on this morning, but it should transition over to some plain rain as the morning goes on. National Weather Service has the tri-state area under a winter weather advisory through 10 this morning. Sleet and freezing rain will be changing to plain rain. It'll end during the afternoon. Temperatures eventually get up to 40, so the slippery problems we have, they should go away. They'll linger some in the northern and western suburbs, but by late today, we break into some sunshine, so the ride home better than the ride in this morning. Michael? Rob, thank you, sir. The tri-state area is reacting to Russia's invasion of Ukraine in Times Square yesterday. Ukrainian Americans rallied in the streets. New York City is home to more than 150,000 Ukrainians. Mayor Eric Adams posted on Twitter the unprovoked and unjustified invasion of their homeland is an assault on freedom. New York Governor Kathy Hochul offered her support for the Ukrainian people. Very frightening images. Uh, Our hearts go out to all the residents of that country that is now under siege. Governor Hochul says the state is preparing for any cyber attacks that intelligence authorities say is possible. Our support is with President Biden as he manages through this crisis. And also remind everyone that we are on heightened alert with respect to cybersecurity and our own defenses. In New Jersey, a prayer vigil was held for Ukrainian Americans in Bound Brook. Services were held at the Ukrainian Orthodox Church of the USA. The CDC is expected to announce new COVID mask guidelines as soon as today. That will mean most Americans will no longer be advised to wear masks in indoor public settings. The new CDC mask guidelines are expected to be related to the COVID case rates in each local community. Guilty verdicts on federal charges for all three of the remaining officers charged in relation to George Floyd's death. After the verdicts, acting U.S. Attorney for the District of Minnesota, Charles Kovat, said the three officers had every opportunity to help but failed to fulfill their duty. It was a scene that will forever be seared into our memories. George Floyd, handcuffed and pinned to the ground by three officers. U.S. Attorney Charles Kovacs. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Thanks, Michael. 636 on Wall Street. Let's check Bloomberg Sports. Here's Scott Seidenberg. Good morning, Nathan. The Nets getting some good news yesterday. Steve Nash saying Kevin Durant and newly signed Goran Dragic could be ready to play for them in the next three games. But without their stars last night, the Nets continued to struggle. Beaten by the Celtics 129-106, Jason Tatum scored 30 for Boston. 
who jumped out to a 13-point lead after the first quarter. Here was Steve Nash. We recognize we're shorthanded. You know, we know we're sending these guys out there and asking them to do more than they're accustomed to doing, and and that's tough. But at the same time, they've responded every time we've asked them to keep their spirits high and work, and um, and that was clearly on display in practice uh, yesterday. Today we need uh, today we need a little bit more. The Nets will visit the Bucks tomorrow night. Tonight the Knicks host the Heat. Hockey, the Rangers beat the Capitals 4-1. Igor Shesterkin made 36 saves for his 25th win of the season. The Blue Shirts have won 8 of their last 11. They'll visit Pittsburgh tomorrow. The Islanders fell on a shootout 4-3 in San Jose. They're at LA tomorrow. And the Devils upset the Penguins 6-1 for just their third win in their last 12 games. I'm Scott Seidenberg with Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? All right, Scott, thank you. It is 637 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks, some of the names moving in the pre-market. Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta is fastening her seatbelt, bringing the knee bar down, getting ready for another roller coaster ride. Good morning, Kriti. Good morning. That's quite the intro. I think we're all in that boat, to be honest. Uh, Let's just start off with uh, some earnings stories, but also some geopolitical stories that are folding into one stock in particular I have my eye on, and that is Zscaler. ZS is your ticker. This is a security software company. They reported earnings this morning. They beat, but they didn't beat by that much. Analysts actually having pretty lofty expectations, actually slashing their price targets on that, including a New street low over at Barclays. Nevertheless, some analysts like Dan Ives over at Wedbush kind of impressed by the billing growth of 59% and the fact that they're scaling up cybersecurity. Nathan, those shares are down 13% in the pre-market. And the reason I emphasize this stock is because of that cybersecurity scale up. Given the geopolitical tensions, you want to keep an eye on companies like this. ZS is your ticker, Palo Alto, CrowdStrike, because these are the companies that have actually outperformed as the rest of the market dropped on those Russian uh, risks headlines, essentially. Uh, Another story, and that, of course, is crypto. We have to talk about this. Block, formerly known as Square, SQ is the ticker. Well, it beat expectations for its own earnings. Analysts saying the results are actually a relief supported by, quote, impressive cash app figures. Those shares are soaring 15% in the pre-market. SQ is your ticker there. And we'll just stick with cryptocurrencies for a second. Coinbase, C-O-I-N, of course, the crypto exchange. Well, those shares actually lower after reporting earnings, cautioning that trading volume will decline in the first quarter, down 2.5%. C-O-I-N is your ticker there, Nathan. Let's stick with the earnings picture, Creedy, because it's uh, kind of mixed depending on which companies you're looking at. It is, uh, and it's interesting because some of the the companies that reported this morning all have one theme in common. That, of course, is retail. It's spending. It's uh, food almost. Etsy is is up on the top of the list. Those shares are up after beating earnings in a pretty big way, 16% uh, rally in the pre-market here. ETSY is your ticker. Beyond Meat also reporting BYND. It actually dropped because an analysts are questioning its profitability outlook and pricing strategy after the maker of plant-based foods. Nathan, I don't know if you've tried it. I haven't. But oh, yeah. uh, forecast sales that missed market expectations down just shy of 8%. I'll end here with Farfetch, FTCH. Those shares rallying after a smaller than expected fourth quarter loss and investors rewarding him in a really big way. 29% gain there, Nathan. Well, my motto is try anything once. 
That's Thanks, Creedy. <laughs> Hope you have a great weekend. Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Creedy Gupta with us uh, with the pre-market update. And as we take a look at stocks as a whole ahead of this Friday morning open, we'll see where things go. Right now, uh, futures are moving lower, but not as deeply as uh, earlier in the session. S&P futures right now are down uh, 22 points. Dow futures down 185. NASDAQ futures lower uh, by 51 points. Still seeing big gains in European stocks. The stock 600 is now up 2.1%. Germany's DAX and the CAC in Paris both up by nearly 2%. The 10-year Treasury now down 132nd. The yield 1.96%. Stay with us. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 Weather Winter Weather Advisory for about another three hours. The rain will end is, uh, uh, later on this morning. We'll have sunny breaks this afternoon with a high near 40 degrees. Right now, 32 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Futures are falling this morning. We go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Ken. That's right. U.S. futures are in the red after yesterday's historic reversal. Dow futures currently down 180 points. S&P's dropped 24, while the Nasdaq futures declined by 57. The U.S. 10-year-old at 1.96%. Gold is little changed. Oil is trading lower. And Bitcoin is also trading little changed. Japan rose 2% overnight, while European markets are firmly in the green right now. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 8.30, durable goods orders. And at 10 o'clock, penny home sales and Michigan sentiment. After the bell last night, Coinbase warned of a first quarter trading drop. And Etsy reported is up 16% in the pre-market. And wrapping things up, Dish was raised to overweight at J.P. Morgan. Tesla raised to outperform over at Daiwa. Live from the first breaking news desk on Bill Maloney. Care. All right, Bill, thank you. To hear live breaking news of your Bloomberg type squawk on your terminal, SQUAWK. That's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. China is urging Russia and Ukraine to negotiate to address problems. Chinese state TV sites President Xi Jinping held a phone call with his counterpart Vladimir Putin today. Meanwhile, Ukraine's president said his nation continued to resist on the second day of the Russian invasion as fighting a rage north of Kiev. President Volodymyr Zelensky said Ukraine's military had stopped Russia from achieving its objectives in the first day of the assault. In sports, the Celtics beat the Nets 129-106. The Warriors won. In the NHL, the Rangers beat the Capitals 4-1. The Devils won. The Islanders lost. The Bruins beat the Crockett in OT 3-2. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg. The following commentary is from Bloomberg Opinion. How to repair the pandemic's damage to cancer care. I'm Lisa Jarvis, a columnist for Bloomberg Opinion. Beneath the coronavirus's staggering death toll are many layers of collateral damage. One of the largest is COVID's disruption to cancer prevention and care. 
The pandemic caused a stunning drop in cancer screenings. According to a recent report from the American Association for Cancer Research, some 10 million tests were missed during the first six months of 2020. New cancer diagnoses, in turn, dropped 13% that year. Oncologists fear an imminent rise in more advanced cancer diagnoses and worry those new patients will encounter a depleted healthcare workforce. That's because about 20% of American healthcare workers left the field during the pandemic. The good news is that COVID forced the cancer community to adopt a number of patient-centered practices, including simple ones like the widespread use of telemedicine. Cancer centers should keep pushing for other ways to make care more accessible. Revitalizing the healthcare infrastructure is a necessary part of that goal and will help guarantee future patients don't pay the price of the pandemic. I'm Lisa Jarvis. For more opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPIN Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. And Bloomberg Opinion commentaries can be heard every weekday at this time, and Terminal customers can read more at OPIN Go. It is 6.50 on Wall Street. We turn to news and science and technology now with a Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, ranked a top 50 national public university by U.S. News and World Report, and a top 50 college for undergraduate entrepreneurship studies by the Princeton Review. Learn more at njit.edu. Now here's a making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. The Biden administration's call for sanctions against Russia will jeopardize that country's ability to buy semiconductors and other technology. The U.S. government said it will implement export controls designed to cut Russia off from semiconductors and other advanced technology crucial to the military, biotechnology, and aerospace industries. Allies such as Japan, Taiwan, and South Korea, all key chip-making countries, have either followed suit or indicated that they will. The SEC is investigating whether Elon Musk and his brother violated laws when selling Tesla shares last year. According to sources, the regulator is scrutinizing transactions just before Musk's Twitter poll, asking if he should sell 10% of his stake. Musk was denied a court hearing on his claims that the SEC is targeting him with what he called endless probes for criticizing the government. And Coinbase Global, the biggest U.S. cryptocurrency exchange, cautioned that trading volume will decline in the first quarter. The disappointment comes even after the company reported revenue jumped to $2.5 billion in the fourth quarter. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. Okay, Karen, thank you. We're live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, where it's coming up to 652 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include President Biden ramping up sanctions on Russia as the West fears the fall of Kiev. The president deciding on his Supreme Court nominee and the January 6th committee widening its probe into former President Donald Trump's White House records. Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins joins us now from our Bloomberg 991 studios in Washington, D.C. Emily, good morning. We're awaiting another meeting between President Biden and NATO allies later this morning, but we've already heard from the president on more sanctions on Russia. Yes, uh, President Biden has, we're obviously watching to see what the result of that 9 a.m. meeting will be, uh, but Biden's being pressured by those within his own party to really up the sanctions on Russia, to look into removing them from the SWIFT, to put sanctions directly on to Vladimir Putin, as well as to look at um, putting sanctions on Russia's energy. And these are all things that the White House has had their reasons for not doing at this time. Uh, they say they don't have agreement with their European allies on some of the sanctions with SWIFT, and they're also worried that putting sanctions on energy and aluminum are going to really hurt global markets as they try and recover. Uh, 
that certainly will be watching both as Biden meets with NATO today, as discussions continue over the weekend, and as Congress comes back on Monday to see what additional sanctions uh, the U.S. will be discussing. And as we wait for all that, Emily, we're already hearing from the Ukrainian president, Volodymyr Zelensky, just this morning saying the West is moving too slowly to help his country. What does that mean for the pressure that the president's under to uh, mount a more forceful response against Russia? I mean, certainly this is a voice that the Biden administration is paying attention to. Uh, there's already been a number, a lot of aid that has gone to Ukraine. There are discussions about more aid, what is needed. Uh, the White House did acknowledge that it can be difficult now to be getting weapons into Ukraine because of the Russia invasion. There's a question of how best to do that. There is also beginning to be a focus on refugees from Ukraine. Uh, we heard White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki yesterday say the U.S. would be willing to take some refugees and to assist. Uh, you're also hearing similar calls from lawmakers. Um, and this is all, I think, part of what's being discussed as far as exactly how much funding uh, Ukraine needs at this point. We heard earlier this week uh, from lawmaker Barbara Lee. She's a top lawmaker on the spending committee for foreign relations. And she said that the administration had discussed giving up to $1 billion in humanitarian aid to Ukraine. So many reasons to watch for developments out of the White House, including the possibility of a Supreme Court announcement. Could we be getting that today, Emily? Potentially, yes. Uh, the White House has promised that they'd make this announcement before the end of February. Um, and there's a good chance we're seeing some signs that, that it might be today. Of course, that depends on what is happening with Ukraine and Russia. Um, but we know that uh, President Biden has interviewed three potential candidates. Uh, one of them, uh, sort of the, the who's seen as the frontrunner, is Katanji Brown-Jackson. She was a formal clerk for Justice Breyer. Uh, and she was confirmed for the D.C. Court of Appeals in June of last year by the Senate. And there were three Republicans who voted for her. That's something that Biden has kept in his calculations. Who's going to be able to get that bipartisan support? In our last minute here, Emily, we've had some developments this morning as well with the January 6th investigation on Capitol Hill. What's the latest there? So a couple of different fronts there. Number one, uh, we are seeing more resistance from those the committee is trying to subpoena. Uh, Roger Stone uh, said that uh, sued members of the House committee uh, who have been asking him for uh, details on what he was doing that day, trying to get information from him. Uh, he's joined a, a number of individuals who the committee has looked to for information and to testify who have tried to block their efforts in doing so. We're also hearing today um, that the National Archives, or th rather the Congressional Oversight Committee, is looking for additional documents from the National Archives related to former President Donald Trump's handling of White House records. Uh, we know that Trump took some records that he shouldn't have with him down to Mar-a-Lago, Mar and now there's an investigation into what those documents were uh, and sort of trying to close the loop there, making sure that the National Archives has what they need and that the committee is able to access what they have, have legally been, been able to, to look at for this investigation. Bloomberg Government's Emily Wilkins with us from Washington this morning. Emily, thank you. Karen? All right, thanks, Nathan. It is 6.56 on Wall Street. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. February is Black History Month, and every day this month, we're celebrating significant moments in U.S. Black history. Now with your installment for February 25th, here is Bloomberg's Renita Young. 
On this day in black history in 1870, Hiram Rhodes Revels is sworn in as the first African-American U.S. senator. He represented Mississippi. His path to the U.S. Senate was not without controversy and contradictions. Conservative Southern Democrats challenged his credentials, citing the Dred Scott decision. They claimed Revels was not a U.S. citizen for the required period of time, nine years, and therefore ineligible to hold office. Now, although the 14th Amendment granted citizenship to all African-Americans, it was was only adopted two years prior. Revels came from a mixed race heritage, and his supporters successfully argued that he'd been a citizen his entire life since he was not of pure African ancestry, so the Dred Scott decision did not apply to him. After serving in the Senate, Revels became the first president of what's now Alcorn State University. That's Today in Black History. I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Renita, thank you. Again, futures lower this morning, and Bloomberg surveillance is straight ahead with Tom Keene, Jonathan Farrell, and Lisa Abramowitz. For Nathan Hager, I'm Karen Moscow, and this is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum, powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CutterEconomicForum.com.